Pratt, how's it going this week? Good, Anch. How are you? Good. Well, that means it's another episode of Money in the Bank, the podcast where we talk about all things related to personal finance and more. We mentioned in our last episode that we have had some exciting life changes and... Ta-da! This is the biggest one I think we can tell you guys is now we are expecting a little baby of some kind. Yeah. Uh, we don't know what yet, um, but that's going to be due for us in July this year. And yep. so we're about halfway through that journey. So we're currently in the stage of getting a bunch of stuff for the baby or picking out stuff for, you know, what we need to have for the baby. Very life-changing experiences is our first one. So, you know, we're going through this learning process just like most people probably do. Yeah. Uh, starting from nothing. And I really like that you said we don't know what kind of baby yet. Like, could be a monkey. <laughs> could be a kangaroo. It could be a dog. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, probably a human, but, you know, I guess we'll see. Right. Uh, so first, your trivia question before I forget what how much do people spend in a baby's first year on average in america in their first year it's a lot of diapers in the first year diapers some people have to do formula this includes like all the upfront costs like a car seat and a crib and i'm gonna say everybody says babies are really expensive so let's say eight thousand dollars ten thousand six hundred and sixteen dollars oh man that's a very specific number yeah, you know, I, these Google trivia questions I find are only of the highest quality <laughs> that I independently verify. Um, so, no, it's really interesting because people say that babies are really expensive. Mustachians tell me that infants are really cheap and kids just get expensive when they get older and their stomachs grow and they eat more. Because did you know that an infant's stomach is the size of a marble? So, like, they're not going to get you out of house and home like the way a 16-year-old Pizza, teeny, pizza machine teenager yeah. well, right? Mm-hmm. And I could eat like four boxes of pastaroni in a sitting in my prime. Um, so that number actually seems really high to me because like ultimately it's this little tiny human that you really just need to like feed it, let it sleep, and that's it. Right. <laughs> so we, we've done, as we do with everything, right? We do a lot of research into these areas. We find out what products are good and not good and what's the right thing. You know, what, what is the right thing to buy? Not the most expensive thing, not the thing that's like the most popular that like is trendy or whatever. Sophie the giraffe, I'm looking at you. Yeah, so that stupid giraffe, right? Like, I love the reviews that are all like, yeah, my baby chewed on this for three seconds and then threw it on the ground. And I was like, I don't want that. Um, uh, and so with everything, we're trying to figure out how do we go through this process the best way possible, not spend a fortune for just like stuff that is not going to be used. Obviously, we'll probably have like more of an update once the baby's actually here for us and we'll do mm-hmm. a review of like what we did end up getting and what worked and what didn't work. Um, but we wanna actually, you know, have a real life scenario uh, before we talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah, and of course, you know me, in the first year I will very carefully keep track of all of our expenses and see if we meet or exceed uh, that $10,616 number, because uh, I think that'll be really interesting to find out how much we do spend on a kid. But for now, the kind of point of this podcast is I just thought it would be interesting for listeners who might be expecting as well, or maybe you already have kids and you can shoot us some great feedback on everything that we are considering that is incorrect. Um, but I thought it would just be kind of interesting to, because this will apply for people who don't have kids as well. This is just like our thought process in researching and buying anything it's just typically in our normal day-to-day life we don't buy that much anymore so this has been a opportunity for us where we do need to buy some material possessions 
for this child. And so it's given us a chance to kind of flex our researching product muscles that we haven't necessarily had to do too much in the past couple of years since we have most of the things we need in life. Right, because as a reminder, we are now living in Chicago in a two-bedroom apartment. It's really like one and a half bedroom. Yeah, it's like one bedroom with a uh, half right, wall. And like less than a thousand square foot footprint for our whole place, right? So Yeah. Um, so for American-size modeling, that's a pretty small place uh, to have a kid. But there's a lot of people in this situation as well, right? Most people in New York have been dealing with this for a long time. Most people DC, in, in big San cities. San Francisco. Uh, yeah, we're not This is not an uncommon thing. So... Uh, but for all of us, other people in the Midwest, uh, you know, this is a, a much smaller footprint. So we try and not get as much stuff. We try and just not like fill up the room with a bunch of big furniture, right? So getting like a gigantic crib and like uh, another like side bed or whatever those are called, bassinets or whatever. Yeah. Right, like the whole like, if you just go to like, you know, what do you need for a new baby website? It's just like, you could, you could buy like, probably $30,000 worth of like just stuff that would be accessories for babies. Yeah. And I would say that, you know, Brett and I also err on the side of we trend towards being a little bit more minimalist than the average consumer. I won't say we're like full-blown minimalist. We can't fit all of our worldly possessions in our car. But, you know, that just means like things like tons of toys and tons of clothes aren't really where we're going to spend our time, money, or effort. Um, Because quite frankly, like infants... They need enough clothes to get by because they spit on themselves a lot and, you know, pee and poop everywhere because they're (laughs) disgusting little humans. Um, But they don't need, like, tons and tons of clothes because they're going to outgrow them and they're going to move into, you know, from newborn to zero to three months before you know it. And then they're going to move to three to six months. And it's like a never-ending cycle. So as much as you can resist the urge to buy every single cute outfit you see, I... I actually saw this one post online on Reddit, I think I was on, where they said at their baby shower, their kid got 120 outfits just in the zero to three month category. Oh, wow. And they were like, that means that they hadn't, like I could put them in a brand new outfit every day and not run out of outfits. And we all know that newborns typically will go through more than one outfit a day, but that was still like obviously very expensive. For, like <laughs> never doing laundry, right? Just like use it, throw it away, which again <laughs> is like the worst model ever because you don't want to just be like dumping baby clothes into the garbage. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of baby toys, you know, we are pretty lucky because we have a dog. And what I found out is that baby toys and dog toys are basically the same thing. They right? squeak and they're <laughs> stuffed animals. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So multi-purpose functionality. I don't know how she's going to feel about that though. Uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, let's talk about some bigger items like cribs. Uh, let's start there, Brett. So we have been going to different baby furniture stores and looking at cribs. And like Brett mentioned, we have a, our nursery size is probably, I think it's like a nine by 10 room. So it's not, it's actually bigger than I would have hoped to get in a city. You can end up with like really dinky rooms Mm -hmm. here. Um, so it's not a terrible size room, but we don't have a ton of space in general in our apartment, so we we also double that room as like storage. We yeah, we don't have extra space. We have very intentional space, like where our like table is for eating is in one spot, and our like living room is like just the perfect size for like the stuff that we have in there, and we're not like looking to expand it. And so like yeah, this room is a dedicated space, and it has room for the the crib or it's and a point, freezer. It has a freezer in it, yeah, from that like whole pig that we bought like years ago now, um, and like all of our bulk like nuts and stuff is in the closet right now so we're trying to like eat down all of the bulk food that we've been getting over the last couple years uh to kind of get that stuff out of here and uh right so we have room for like a dresser right so we can store like you know some baby clothes and like other utility things uh, that are going to go along with this process um and like a changing 
mat, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So you can like, you know, kind of like take that stuff anywhere. And so things here and there, but uh, there's not gonna be a whole lot of like extra stuff, maybe like a rocking chair, the bed, and uh, I think a dresser were the only furniture items we were gonna be able to get and kind of fit correctly into this space and still be able to move around, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so cribs, let's kind of start there. So at first, you know, we, we went to some stores and we found some, I would say budget cribs, you know, they were about $100. And we, when we were just like feeling them, we were like, these kind of just feel flimsy, like what's going on. So then we went to a, you know, popular chain baby store, and, you know, the baby RS of today's world, because I think babies are us went out of business. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, but they had like some medium range cribs that were like nice, but they were like huge and very extravagant. And they were like, oh, but the benefit of these cribs is it goes from being a crib to a toddler bed to you can fit a full size bed and here's the headboard. And I was like, oh, that's so attractive. That'll last forever. And then I was like, why am I going to spend $500 on this when I don't even know if this is like, like we don't even have a headboard or a footboard for our current bed. Right. So like, it's not it's, a need. It's like not a necessary thing. Yeah. Let uh, alone like a feature that I need to pay extra for for a crib, right? Right. So we kept doing more and more research and we found one that got rave reviews from Ikea of all places uh, that was like a hundred bucks. And it was, you know, we don't have it physically yet, but this is just one area that doing a little bit more research, we found one that would fit into our space better, which was really important to us because if it's too big, we you know can't keep our freezer in there, which is where we put all of our berries and right, bulk and we, food. And we're only gonna have, as far as I know, we're not having twins, so we only need enough space for like you know one baby and i don't need like a gigantic crib that's like six feet long and like three feet wide like a lot of those that we saw were right i mean they were massive they were bigger than like a bathtub well what's Um, crazy to me is this still fits the standard mattress so like the mattress size isn't changing it's just like the extra surround surround of it that like i don't know some of them were just very like ornate and brett made the good point too like you know, there's things that you might clip on the crib, like a baby monitor, and some of these like over-the-top styled ones have nowhere to actually put that. Right. Yeah. Even some of the most popular and super expensive baby monitors on the market, yeah, they like clip onto the rails, and right when you have this like curvy rail or whatever, it doesn't actually clip on there, so you have to put it on like a different spot, which is like in your way, rather than be where it's supposed to be designed to be. So. I don't know. Yeah. So you know, that was one area that for us we wanted to find the right fit for the room and find something that wasn't terribly expensive. And so we, like I said, we'll update you on all of this stuff as we go, but it seemed seemed like a good option. So that's the one that we're gonna try to shoot for now. Um, and baby mattresses were like in that ballpark too. You could spend like very little on them or you could spend a fortune on them. And we found one kind of in the middle. Right, so we'll see how this one goes. This is the one maybe I have the most turmoil over because I've seen varying reviews between, you know, good baby mattresses are not that much better than Uh, you know, the regular ones, you know, regularly priced ones. Uh, And I've seen other people say like, you know, the the mattress is probably like the thing that people would splurge the most on if you had to pick like one thing um, from people that have already been through this whole process, right? So we'll see. We think we have like a very good one that's like pretty economical price. Um, And I haven't seen a whole lot of reviews on this one yet. So we will see how that goes. But I'm pretty confident that it'll be okay. uh, cause you don't want something that's like too soft because, you know, mm-hmm. there's like baby like spinal issues and stuff like that. So, um, you know, we won't get into all the details, but, uh, we, we've, you know, have done, we've looked at probably like 30 or 40 different products in this category. Um, and yeah, it's like, 
you could spend like $400 on a mattress or you could spend like $100 on a mattress, which still to me seems like a lot. Right. Um, for something that the baby's going to sleep on for, you know, a couple of years, two to three years at best, right. if you convert it to a toddler bed and then you're going to probably upgrade them to like a twin or full-size bed at some point in their life yeah and so i'll throw in here now like getting some of this stuff like used is also a totally fine thing to do right definitely the crib Mm -hmm. because what do you do after you like don't need a crib anymore and it's probably in just like pristine condition right probably somebody didn't take a hammer to the crib in the one year that they've like owned it or two years that they've owned it um the mattresses, yeah, maybe that's a little bit more weird. Um, but, you know, depending uh, what the condition is, the mattress is, it probably could be just fine. Usually they're covered in, like, waterproof uh, covers anyway most of the time. Yeah. So the actual mattress part of it is not going to have, like, a whole bunch of wear and tear from a baby that only weighs, like, 10 pounds. Yeah, and you might be saying, hey, why aren't you guys doing use then? Um, well, we actually very generously had a family member who wanted to purchase this for us. And I've learned in life by dealing with said family member that it makes them happy to do nice things for us. And so we will accept their gracious gift without too much of a fight. And we'll, you know, we'll kind of save the secondhand stuff for other aspects that we can save money on ourselves. Right. Um, but we, we are definitely open to the uh, secondhand market for like most of this stuff. I think yes, of absolutely. all of the secondhand markets across, you know, any lifestyle choice, right? Like it, like thrift stores or whatever, like baby stuff is something that you just have in your life for a very short period of time. It doesn't have enough time to even depreciate because it doesn't get that much use. And for, for a lot of it, obviously like, like, pacifiers and stuff don't you don't do that but um but like the rest of that stuff probably all still in great good condition yeah and like you could probably pick it up for nothing you probably go through three or four or five generations of families that go through and use this stuff before it even like starts to look like it's deteriorating and i will say the one thing on uh you know a crib i would be fine getting secondhand a mattress i would be fine getting secondhand if i was getting it from like a friend or something i am hesitant to get a mattress secondhand in a big city because Brett and I have already dealt with bed bugs in the city, <laughs> and it is something that I would not wish on my own worst enemy. So that is one area where I am just typically a little hesitant to buy used mattresses. Whether it's a yeah bed mattress or infant mattress or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so moving on to another kind of similar category is a bassinet or a travel crib. And so we are electing to get a travel crib to use in our room as a bassinet instead of getting a dedicated bassinet. And also because we particularly in our lifestyle tend to just like leave for like weeks at a time <laughs> yeah. uh, right to go to different states it's not, right it's not like we're doing like overnights at like a friend's house or anything like that like we go back and visit our family for like two weeks at a time because uh, we have the ability to do that um, and uh, we go visit people for weekends at a time that are like three or four or five hours away. So I feel like the travel crib is going to get more use than our like regular crib. Um, but Angela's fight me on that too. So <laughs> uh, No, I, I think it will. Uh, but, you know, we didn't, we thought about just doing a travel crib. There are people who do that. Um, but we decided for us, it would be nice t- for the kid to have their dedicated regular crib um, and as well as a travel crib. And so that way we have the option to have the kid sleep in our room, like the traditional bassinet scenario, but we're not buying a dedicated bassinet that will only be used for a few months and then discarded. Right. Um, so yeah. we're just going to make it work with a travel crib. 
And then the benefit is we have a great thing to take, you know, back home when we visit family. So our families don't have to buy cribs or friends or whoever we, you know, and we do travel a lot. We don't necessarily plan to completely overhaul that when the kid's here. And I think it's really nice for them to have a routine and like a safe place to sleep that stays consistent. Um, so that when they're like, okay, it's bedtime. It's like, okay, even though I'm in a different home, I'm in my bed that I'm used to, which yeah, is kind so, of nice. So again, there's... You know, we have not gone through this experience yet. We don't know if this is going to work or not. But from the research that we've done, we feel like this is the best kind of scenario for our personal lifestyle and what we'll get into. But we will definitely, again, like I said, do an update of like, you know, recap of all the baby choices that we made after we've been through the process for, you know, six months or so to say, you know, this is totally working or like, oh, man, I really wish we didn't do this. Yeah, all absolutely. Right. That'll be fun. Um, another area that I've seen a lot of people register for items is a baby food maker or a baby food processor. These typically can be uh, 100 bucks even. And we are just not gonna buy one because we have a regular food processor. Right, so I looked at a lot of these because uh, for, for Christmas, Angela got a food processor, uh, another one of those fun things that we've been holding out on for like six, seven years. And we're like, hey, we don't really need this. And we're like, finally, like, all right, we'll splurge. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does, does a lot of work for us since we cook all the time. Um, but. Uh, we looked into a lot of like the baby like food purees and stuff like that and none of them got like better reviews than like a regular food processor can do anyway and a regular food processor tends to be cheaper than all that stuff was regardless so we were just like nope we'll just use a regular food processor like we would any day in the kitchen and we'll just like use it to make like you know pureed baby food whenever that you know we get into that lifestyle right but that's pretty far down the road i think for for solid foods and stuff yeah definitely i just know it's like a common registry item that i see so i did want to toss that out is that something that we're just not going to get for now and again we'll update you if our method works or not yeah Um, Mm -hmm. that'll be a while out so you know you have something (laughs) to really look forward to Mm -hmm. um okay so then another area that i wanted to move into is car and car seat so we are currently driving a 2007 two-door Honda Civic. And one of the number one questions I have gotten from people who know us and know our car has typically been, are you gonna get a four-door car? And we really thought about it. We went to uh, a dealership actually. We looked at a couple different cars, a couple different styles. Uh, We looked at some used cars. We thought through our options. Our current car is priceless. (laughs) Uh, to me and the dealer offered me $1,500 and I almost actually first he offered us $750 and I almost punched him in the face um, (laughs) because it has brand new tires on it that are like $600 tires I was like this is just insulting Um, and so you know we kind of did a lot of research and we have decided that instead of buying a new expensive car for right now because the baby is going to be small for a while. We are going to keep our two-door Honda Civic and just find a car seat that fits into it. Right, or even a used, you know, less expensive car uh, for the cars that we were looking to get of the equivalency of our Honda Civic. It was like not that great a value to switch out and just like kind of a pain to change it. So we're just gonna see how it goes, right? Because we could have just swapped into a four-door but, you know, like, well, we'd rather test the waters, I think, is what the end result of our decision was. Brett really just hates how the 2007 four-door Honda Civics look. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I will also say, you know, some people might kind of say, hey, you know, isn't that a safety concern being in a two-door car with a baby? I will say the best thing you can do with a baby is drive less. And we are living a lifestyle where 
Um, we don't actually drive all that often. So our risk factor already for getting in a car accident is much lower just because we go weeks and months even sometimes without driving our vehicle, even one time. So again, this is something that fits for our lifestyle. And I think the real intent behind this podcast is to not tell you what to do with your life, but to kind of walk through some of the decisions we're making and why they fit for our life. And so, you know, when we, there was a month that we put six miles on our car. (laughs) Um, And when it's that kind of low mileage, it just doesn't really make a lot of sense to spend a ton of money getting a new vehicle when we're not in it very often. Right. We'll either drive like, you know, kind of across town to go to a grocery store that has like a ridiculous sale price on something that we need to get a bunch of, or we'll drive to, you know, three or four or five hours to another state to visit family. Right. But but sometimes we just take the train to go back to visit family as well, um, which, you know, it seems like with a baby and having to like deal with them, it might be easier to take them on the train where I can get up and like walk around and rock them or whatever I need to do. Um, So, you know, we're, Again, for our scenario, since we kind of evaluate this situation, we just don't drive enough to warrant getting a new car at this time when our car, again, is priceless to me and apparently worthless to everybody else. Right. So we just happen to find a review of somebody that had a same model car and I think the same, not the exact same year, but the same model year uh, as our car uh, that was a two-door and they said that they got a particular car seat that we were looking at anyway and that it did fit in their car and they didn't have to like, you know crank their seat all the way up to the dash and they were just like you know had their face planted on the dash because the seat was so far forward so we are optimistic Uh, we haven't gotten the stuff yet to fit it in there and see how it is and see how it goes um but again we'll uh, that'll be in the next couple months but that's the thing probably i'm worried about the most um is the inconvenience of that but again like what went into our decision making was we really don't drive that often and if we do it's for pretty short distances in town for very short durations and if it is for a road trip we have alternative options as well yeah and i will say this is one of those areas where if if we get into it and we're like this is horrible you can always buy a car right like they sell them every day of the week right so um we can definitely get a different car and you know if anybody is selling a used tesla for a reasonable price feel free to let me know. But I have not seen any used Teslas at a good price. And, and that factored in our decision as well. Brett and I really support the electric vehicle movement, um, whether it's a Bolt or a Leaf or a Tesla. Uh, but we just don't think the technology is quite there for us to you know, splurge on that yet. So we were like, if we can make our car last even a few more years and let that kind of technology get even more sorted out, we feel like we're going to be in a better position to buy something. Yep. So, mm-hmm. um, And I will say another area that we do choose to buy new instead of used is a car seat. Um, Again, I don't think this is necessarily, you don't have to buy new, but I do know that car seat recalls happen and they change like the safety standards uh, a decent amount, like more often than I thought they would. And so this was one of the items that several people recommended to me to get new um, because then you don't have to worry about if it meets like the current standards and everything. You just know it does. Right. So you you could go buy like the you know, craziest expensive car seat this year 
and it's like the only thing that's going to save your kid's life. And then like next year, this like you know they, they change the regulations, and all of a sudden your kid's in a death trap, right? Like, <laughs> like that's kind of like the impression people try and give when they're changing these regulations and stuff. Like I don't know, it's probably all basically all the same stuff, unless there's some like major defect with a product where it like comes unbuckled yeah. in the event of an accident or something like that. But like, I will say we also chose to do a three-in-one car seat, so yep. it'll last the kid a longer time. So then if we were buying a used one, it might be somebody who's selling this after a few years of use and if they had two kids let's say it might be several years of use and so then you get into a product that is you know six years old and who knows you know i'm not saying that it's a death trap at that point but it might it might just be time to retire because the buckles the buckles might only be rated for like a thousand clicks or ten thousand clicks or something right and yeah so you'd have to look at that stuff individually and do research in that category but um the one that we looked at like wasn't that expensive in the first place so you know i i think that's in our again in our personal situation kind of a an easy win to say you know we'll just get the the hundred dollar one or whatever right right yeah and definitely you know you can do a lot of research because there's a lot of car seats out there there's a huge variety of prices and i recommend just going to a store and like playing with some because different ones buckle easier or you know whatever um so it's definitely like a personal preference thing to some degree yep Um, but definitely look into look into a wide variety of reviews too and just see what other people have tried uh first because that's the easiest way to see like you know most people are recommending like this one right they've tried a couple different ones and like here are the reasons why they didn't like those other ones. And if that kind of meshes with you, then that saves you, you know, the front half of doing your research. But again, definitely go check out some of these ones in person because they're available like everywhere for yeah. the most part. Um, okay. So then another area I wanted to touch on is baby monitors. So we kind of mentioned this with the crib that there were, you know, you can, some that you can clip on. And so at first Brett found one that was like $300 and I was like, hmm, that's kind of a lot for a baby monitor, but you know, I guess maybe. Right. And it's then, way more expensive than our crib was, was like, <laughs> you know, the ability to like, and our car seat <laughs> monitor. Yeah. Monitor big brother style. is like way more important. Well, and it's kind of crazy to me because ultimately like the technology for baby monitors is a simple GoPro camera that has existed for like 20 years. Right, the concept is nothing. Right? So, it's a video camera that has audio recording capabilities, has like a pretty, you know, higher fidelity than like garbage right. video. And like, yeah, any used GoPro is going to have better quality than like what most of these baby monitors push out on the market. Like it's just like total trash and they're trying to like upsell these things. Right. So... So, right, there's a there's a pro one on the market right now that's, like, a, about $300, and it, like, hooks onto the crib or hooks onto the wall and, like, gives you, like, a bird's-eye view of the crib. Um, and so that seems to be, like, the go-to recommendation for a lot of people for, like, the Cadillac model of baby monitors. It works with your phone. It works over, like, a wireless network style um, because that's the difference. Is it, is it, like, an RF monitor, like, radio frequency where it's, like, short range and you can use it anywhere where it's, like, you get a separate screen that's dedicated to, like, that camera or that baby monitor? Or do you just have, like, any camera or a system that, like, you use an app and it just sends the video to your phone? And your phone screen is definitely going to be better than, like, all of these baby monitor screens. So that's one area. And then it's, like, the resolution of the camera is the other factor. So if you just want to be looking at, like, a baby blur uh, and not really be able to see what's going on, uh, some of the cheaper baby monitors, that's all you're going to get out of it. And you're basically just relying on it for, like, audio. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one, there's, a, there's a $25 one that was also recommended that was basically, like, a sweet version of a GoPro. So it was a 1080p camera. Uh, had great like night vision capabilities. Has you know uh, obviously 1080p, so it's really high fidelity. Works with a phone app, and is basically a competitor to 
like the Nest cameras and stuff and like the Google cameras um, for like, you know, living room, living room nanny cams and stuff. But uh, it was only like 25 bucks. So worst case scenario, I'm going to give this thing a try. But like all the reviews I've seen, anybody talk about this thing said it's like a great camera in the first place and works perfectly for baby monitors because you can just like stick it on the wall and just like run a USB cable to it. And it like works perfectly. So we're, I'm excited to give that a shot because you know, I was like, yeah, maybe I should do the $300 camera, which again, would have been ridiculous uh, because they should definitely not cost that much for like a basic camera that like gives you good quality uh, audio and video to, um, you know, this $25 camera that is going to give me good quality audio and video. Right. So instead of buying the Cadillac, we're sticking with the Honda. Sticking with the <laughs> Honda. Yeah. Except it's all souped up. It's a Honda with the nav system. Right? Which we have, you know, we got that <laughs> sick, sick 2007 nav system. Um, doesn't even have half the roads anymore. It's great. But yeah, you know, so for us, we were like, we're going to try it. It's $25. If it doesn't work, you know, we'll let you know. But if it does work, like, Pretty awesome. Then, then there, nobody should ever buy anything else, right? Like, right. Yeah. Um, so I think that's most of what we kind of wanted to run through. Is there anything else that you want to mention in this podcast? We can obviously do more on this if people are interested in hearing how we kind of walked through some of this. Um, I think those are the big things we've really thought about. Yeah. Recently. So again, I mean, it, it's easy for us to fall into these uh, you know, old habits of like doing research on this stuff. Again, I, I tend to fall into a lot of YouTube videos and like find a lot of different, you know, like mommy bloggers and daddy bloggers. The da- there's like daddy YouTube channels that are like really good, really good quality, great for reviewing. Uh, the baby like harnesses to her carriers uh, where you like basically like wear the baby in front of you. Um, that's something that we're really excited about as well for our circumstance, more so than a stroller from living in a downtown urban city area. Uh, getting on a bus with a stroller is a nightmare that I want to have no part of. Yeah. So, all right, I would rather much, you know, much rather carry the baby around when we go for walks and stuff. So finding like a good ergonomical harness is again, another really important one for us. So again, we've looked at, we looked at the Cadillac model that was again, like 300 plus $400 for like a good, like ergonomic baby carrier. But again, doing a bunch of reviews and you're finding out like those aren't that great. And there's like some problems with some of those. And like, there's some key features of that those have that some like really cheaper models have that you don't hear anything about. So just getting a wide variety of things. Um, and you can quickly do that from YouTube videos of like, you know, real people that have kids and you show, they show their kids in it, uh, using it. And there's real experience from like, you know, my kid's a toddler and like, this works great for me. And like, they're a lot heavier now. And I have like no back problems because of this, you know, it just really helps kind of narrow down the search without, you know, going to a store and like asking the guy that works at the store, like they don't have this experience. Right. Like nobody is training them on how like, what are all the different use cases and real time experience for like all of these like carriers that they sell. And maybe they don't even sell all the good ones. Right. Yeah. Maybe they just sell a couple of ones here and there. And I will say, like, our experience going to stores and asking questions is we get steered towards these very expensive items that I'm sure are good. But we sat down and we, you know, because in our initial research, I was like, I want to hands-on see some products, get a feel for it. So we went to a few different stores here in town. And, I mean, really quickly, we we could have exceeded that $10,000 spend um, between a crib and a carrier and a stroller. I mean, strollers can go for, like, thousands of dollars even it's crazy car seats you know all of that um and then just by pulling back and because it can get very overwhelming i will say for other expecting parents out there especially when it's your first like it is for us this can all be very very overwhelming there's a lot of information a lot of resources a lot of people telling you if you're going to splurge on one item splurge on this and then they all have a different item that they pick and 
pulling back and just like taking a deep breath, taking some time to think about it, and then jumping back in and kind of going item by item on your list and doing research, it, it takes a lot of time, but quite frankly, I think it's worth it because now we just do feel a little bit more comfortable with our decisions. And just in these few items that we've talked about alone, we've like dropped down, you know, thousands of dollars in, in spend because right. we're like, we found some options that are, you know, potentially even better reviewed and just significantly cheaper. Right. And for everybody else in the world listening to this, right, uh, again, this is a very American slant on like, you know, child development uh, and things you need for new babies and stuff. But probably what most people do in the rest of the world is nowhere near as crazy as like what the default purchase process is for like, you know, middle to high income earners in America for what they're getting for their kids. So it's just like when you go through this process, and again, for specifically Americans saying, what would somebody else in another country do? Like what do people in Europe do when they like are in this situation or what do people in Africa do with newborn kids in this situation? And like the answer is it's pretty much default stuff and they just like deal with it and it's like not that difficult. And here we're just like, we've have, we have to get repaired, prepared and like we have to have all these tricks and like things that make it easier. And you know, at the end of the day, you really just want to like make sure that you do whatever you need to do to like make it through the night and uh, you know, have have the things that make your life a little bit easier but you don't want to like you know wrap your baby in like nerf material and just like make sure they're permanently safe forever and uh you know never take any damage of any kind you gotta you gotta get some some wear and tear on that baby otherwise they they never uh, they never uh you know learn the experiences of the world yeah so hopefully this kind of helps even if you aren't expecting just kind of how we walk through i mean we we really do this for any product that we're gonna buy i can't even tell you the last time we walked into a store talked to a salesperson and walked out with an item we typically will find a product and be like oh maybe we're interested in buying this pull it back do some research and either validate, yes, we choose to spend our money in this way, or no, there's actually a better product out there that suits our needs. Um, Winter coats was something that I researched for like seven years before (laughs) buying one. And I will say that I am super happy with the winter coat that I have now. So we literally do this for almost every purchase that we make. And you might say it sounds a bit crazy. I say that it keeps our spending in check because when you have to do so much research for each purchase, you can only purchase so many things a year. Yeah, that's right. So. And I feel like any time historically that we have walked into a store and bought something uh, without knowing kind of what it is or, you know, what we needed, then it's always been kind of a mistake. So you get burned by that a couple of times. Like you did get a winter coat in the yeah. past that was like pretty expensive. And we're like, oh, this is going to be great. It's on paper. It's got all these like, it's checking all the boxes. And then it was like garbage. Like it didn't yeah. keep you warm at all. Like it was like too short for you over a long run. So you know, just take it back, spend some extra time with it. If it's still the right decision, it'll be there, you know, in a couple of weeks or whatever after you've looked into it. But, uh, you know, that's always our recommendation is buy the right thing for you. But uh, make sure you, what you're getting is the right thing for you. <laughs> right. And so, again, hopefully this podcast didn't come across as us trying to tell you what to buy for your kid. We didn't mean it that way at all. Um, we just kind of wanted to point out some of the areas where we originally were like, these products are highly reviewed. And then um, they were also expensive. And we pulled it back and did some research and we found a better fit for us, um, which is what we recommend you do with all of your purchases. It's find the right item for you. You know, obviously... It's not the same for everybody. We have our own style of living that is, you know, might be different from how you live, but everybody has the right product for them and it is usually not the Cadillac option. 
So that $1,000 stroller is probably not necessary. I think I just had like an umbrella with wheels when I was a kid, basically. It folded <laughs> but up. But not when you were an infant. Yeah, Because like they, did, no, you need a different infant one. No, but. they just didn't even take me anywhere. That's right. Let me roll around the backyard for a while. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. If you have any questions or comments, as always, you can shoot me an email. I will drop all of my contact information in below. If you are from another country and you're like, hey, you guys are ridiculous, or maybe you're like, hey, actually, this was helpful. Uh, I'd be curious to know what that experience is actually like, too, because we don't know a ton of babies in other countries. So <laughs> just a couple. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we'll become more familiar in the future. <laughs> all right. Thanks for tuning in this week, guys. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Money in the Bank. Make sure to subscribe to us on the iTunes or Stitcher app so that you get weekly alerts every time we post a podcast. Or if you want, you can visit my website, moneyinthebankpodcast.com. And if you want to reach out with any questions or further comments, please email me at angie at moneyinthebankpodcast.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Money in the Bank.